Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for January. Oh, what's the date for tomorrow? January 9th, 2007, oh, 2018. Screwing up the date and the day here. Pretty much everything. I'm just recording this by myself. This is probably going to be a quick one. We only have four games to go over. But for four games, there's a decent amount of value on the slate because we had some we have some key injuries. And then also, Kyle Lowry might not play tomorrow. He took a pretty bad fall tonight. Now, I'm not a doctor, but somebody who jumps at like full apex and comes down right flat on the back, it looked like it hurt, and I'm going to guess he has to miss a couple of games, uh, but we'll see. The x-rays did come back negative, so maybe it isn't serious, but still th- just this being this tail end of a back-to-back and that fall he took, and playing the Miami team that they've been playing better lately, but overall it's not some crazy tough matchup, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyle Lowry get the the night off and then one other interesting note from tonight's games the Minnesota Timberwolves destroyed the Cleveland Cavaliers and I was really interested to see fourth quarter was Thibodeau going to put his starters in and the answer was yes it was a 35 point game Carl Anthony Towns started the fourth quarter so how much do the Wolves have to be up by for Tibbs to not play the starters in the fourth quarter uh, more than 35 points so they are about as blowout proof as anybody could be going forward all right, so first game on the slate here is that Miami at Toronto game. From the Miami side of the game, this is a tough matchup. Toronto is one of the better defensive teams in the league, but it's a little hard to know how good is their point guard defense going to be if Kyle Lowry can't play. So I think that Goran Dragic at 6,700 could be worth a look in GPPs. Not really like a crazy value or anything like that, but I think the reason he warrants just some ownership is if we're going to see Dion Wright or Fred Van Fleet starting, we don't really know how good those guys are defensively, but they figure to be worse than Kyle Lowry. So other Heat player, Hassan Whiteside, the minutes just haven't been there, so I'm off him at 7,100. Uh, Kelly Olynyk's been playing most of the center minutes, but 5,700 I just think is a pretty fair price for him and what is overall a pretty tough matchup. So now where this game gets really interesting is the Toronto side of the game because I'm, I am expecting Kyle Lowry to sit out without Lowry. Uh, let's see, what do the numbers look like for the Raptors? So DeMar DeRozan's, wow, DeMar DeRozan's usage rating goes up from all the way from 29.8% to 40.2% with Lowry off the floor. That is good for uh, 52.33 DraftKings points per 36 minutes for DeMar DeRozan with Kyle Lowry off the floor. So 8,300 for, for DeRozan. I know this is a back-to-back. It's a bit of a down pace matchup. But still, that's that's a ton of usage for him, over 40% without Lowry. So I think he's a really strong play if Lowry can't go. And then also, either DeLon Wright or Fred Van Fleet are going to end up being the starting point guard without Lowry. I'm going to assume it's DeLon Wright who's been playing really well recently. So at 4,400, he would be one of the best value plays on the slate. But there would still be extra minutes for Fred Van Fleet, who's been playing like 20-ish minutes per game or so over the last 10 games. And he would probably get somewhere in the mid-20s or so. So at 3,500, I think that he's a usable value play. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, I think those guys are uh, kind, kind of just marginal plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valanciunas and Ibaka both had really big games tonight, except also have to keep in mind that was an overtime game where they had some extra minutes. Mm-hmm. In general, Valanciunas has not really been playing a ton of minutes consistently. He did get more tonight. He ended up playing 26 minutes with the overtime, but still the games before then, 17, 18, 16, 21, 20 minutes. So I just think there's better value plays in Valanchunas 
for this slate. So I really think DeRozan, DeLon Wright, Fred Van Fleet, those are the strong plays from the Toronto side of this game. Uh, next game on the slate, uh, another one with some value, the Portland Trailblazers at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Damian Lillard, uh, formerly thought of as an Ironman, people thought, uh, like coming into this year for yearly leagues, the re- one of the reasons you draft Damian Lillard is not only because he's a really good fantasy player, but also he never gets injured. Well, like Josh Lloyd says, who also works with us, uh, works with Nate Basketball Monster, everybody's an Iron Man until they aren't. So the thought process is always with fantasy players or just basketball players in general that there are guys who are injury prone and then there are guys who are just Iron Men who are never going to get injured. Most guys just end up getting injured at some point in their career. And right now we're seeing Damon Lillard, who everybody thought guy is going to play 80 games pretty much every season. Well, he's missed a bunch of games over the last month. He's out again with another, uh, what is it, calf injury now? Or is it the hamstring? I don't remember. He's had a hamstring injury, a calf injury. He hasn't played much over the last month. So we're going to see another star for Shabazz Napier. Napier's at 5,400. It's kind of a tough matchup against the Thunder, but this is just such a low price for Napier. He's averaging 37 fantasy points as a starting point guard for the Thunder. I'm good with firing him up. And then we also have CJ McCollum, 31% usage rating for him with Damian Lillard off the floor. So I think McCollum is a fine play. Uh, And then who else do we have? Al Farouk Aminu and Evan Turner. I think that they're both fine. Neither one of them I feel really confident in before game slate. I think that they're in play. And then Joseph Nurkic at 6,900. He's also usable, but still not a particularly strong play for the slate. I think McCollum and Napier, those are the strongest guys to target from the Blazer side of the game. From the Thunder side, uh, Russell Westbrook is in play. Paul George is in play. And I don't really think there's anybody else I want to roster here. The Thunder... Uh, it's really been a lot of Westbrook and Paul George recently, mostly Westbrook and just Carmelo Anthony. I think that he's just washed up. He's taken, I think a lot of people thought that him, go, and I thought this also, and it made sense, him going to the Thunder this year, it really seemed like he was going to be on a competitive team. He would kind of have that role kind of like he had on the Olympics team where he was just going to be a really efficient shot up, a spot up shooter. He was going to get a ton of just more open shots versus what he had on the Knicks where he kind of had to create his own offense. But he's still, he's he's been a record scratch player this year. He doesn't really move very well without the ball. It's a lot of Carmelo gets the ball, the entire offense stops, isolation, and his efficiency numbers haven't really been helped even though he's playing with better players. So Carmelo Anthony, I really haven't rostered him much since the beginning of the season. That's probably not going to change unless there are injuries at some point. So Westbrook and Paul George from the Thunder. Next game is the Orlando Magic at the Dallas Mavericks. We have Jonathan Simmons questionable to play for tomorrow. Uh, If he can't play, a little bit more ball handling responsibility for Alfred Payton and Evan Fournier. Those would kind of be the guys to target. Other than that, I mean, Aaron Gordon's been really good recently, but 8,600 in a down pace matchup, that's just too much for me to pay for him. From the Dallas side of this game, really strong matchup for them. The Magic are... Uh, what are they at in defensive efficiency now? They have fallen all the way down to 26. They also play at one of the faster paces in the league. I believe they're top five or so, the fifth or sixth fastest pace team. So up pace game for Dallas. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he's been getting more minutes recently. as J.J. Bray's minutes have been going down a tad. So I think Dennis Smith Jr. at 6,200 is the preferred play over Bray at 5,700. And then Wes Matthews, he's somebody who I've liked to target a decent amount this year on DraftKings, but that's because he's been priced in like the low to mid 4,000 range for a lot of the season. But seeing him now up at 5,400, 
I think that they're just better plays on the slate, especially at guard when we've guys like Dion Wright, Fred Van Fleet, uh, Shabazz Napier, CJ McCollum. So strong matchup for the Mavericks, but I don't really know there's anybody who I really love here outside of Dennis Smith Jr. And I wouldn't even say I love Dennis Smith Jr. I just think he's in he's in play for me. Uh, final game on the slate, and this is just uh, two of my least favorite teams, and it's going to be hard to avoid this game, though, because it's Sacramento Kings at the LA Lakers. I think there's a really good chance that we see some rest for the Kings here. They do like to rest guys on the tail end of a back-to-back. Uh, George Hill has missed the last couple games with a personal uh, issue, so I guess we'll consider him questionable for now. And then guys like Zach Randolph, tail end of a back-to-back, so he's probably questionable. And then who knows who else they might decide to rest, maybe like Costa Kufis, Garrett Temple, possibly those guys could end up sitting. So we kind of have to wait and see who's in, who's out for them. If George Hill can't play, then De'Aaron Fox, 5,500, is going to be a strong play in this matchup against the Lakers, plus matchup for him. But other than that, hard to really definitively say without knowing who's actually playing for the Kings. For the Lakers, final team to talk about here. Uh, let's see. Julius Randle's at 6,100. Kyle Kuzma at 6,200. Randle's been starting recently. How long is that going to keep up? I don't know. Kyle Kuzma, for a while, everybody was saying that, oh, maybe he's the rookie of the year over Ben Simmons. Well, not so fast because Kyle Kuzma is not even starting anymore. And his minutes, let's see, what have his minutes been off the bench recently? As it loads on my iPad, all right, so 24, 25, 20, 18 minutes over the last four games. That is not enough playing time for Kyle Kuzma at 6,200. Uh, Lonzo Ball at 7,300, not really a great spot. It's really, it's really hard. This is, I mean, overall, it's a, it is a good spot for the Lakers. It's just the minutes are so spread out and the production too. And the, I, there's nobody I really feel comfortable targeting here on either side of the game. So I, I think that we're best off targeting the Raptors, the Blazers, the Thunder. Actually, I really like the Blazers Thunder as a stack spot. I think that's probably going to be where I build most of my lineups, just where we get that value with, I think, C.J. McCollum, Shabazz Napier, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook is a really good core to start building lineups. And then you could throw in the DeMar DeRozan, Fred Van Fleet, DeLon Wright kind of fill out the rest of those lineups. So I think that's the way to go on this four-game slate. So that'll wrap up today's podcast. Uh, I think overall... I think this is a good slate. I'll probably play, just for GPP. I'm not going to play any cash games for four games, but I think this should be a pretty good one for four games. A lot more plays than the normal would be. So you can follow me on Twitter at GArenbergDFS. Uh, Matt was not here. He had a basketball game tonight, but you can follow him at Preaching Sense. And we'll be we'll both be back for tomorrow. I think we have a pretty big slate for Wednesday.